uh, standing here uh, in front of each one of you and have the opportunity to share with you uh, what has been in my heart, in my mind, these couple of weeks as uh, I was asked to speak on the subject of prayer. So, um, in 1833, George Muller felt that God was calling him to take care of the poor orphans and children in Bristol in England, to open an orphan home for them. He resolved to do that, not to ask money to anybody, not even to ask for people for supply, but to do that simply by faith and prayer, asking to God. Why he did it, his main reason, his goal was to show the people of his generation, both the skeptics who didn't believe that God existed or that God simply didn't care at all anymore, but as well to is the children of God who were so worried about what would come to them when we stop working, that God did not change and that God still hears the prayer and responds to prayer, that God still cares for his people, his children, and is ready to answer them to their daily needs. He and his wife then started to pray for the house, the furnitures, the people that were going to serve, without telling anybody of their result. Muller and his wife will devote hours and sometimes days, even weeks, in praying before God, presenting the needs that they have. Years later, what started in a small house in Wilson Street, Bristol, became a complex of five houses at Ashley Down for hosting the poor and uh, uh, orphan uh, children of England. This, the picture is very, not very, very good. You might not see very, very well, but up there you have the five complexes that were built through prayer to God. It is stated that the sum of the donation that he received evaluated to 105 million pounds, which in today's money will be around 180 million dollars, only through prayer. Prayer indeed is very central and very important in the lives of the servant of God. There is no one man or woman who has been able to do great things for the Lord without that person being devoted to prayer. Not a single one. You can look to the scriptures. You can seek and look to the lives of those of our generation who served the Lord and found that there were people devoted to prayer. I don't know where you are in your journey toward God and prayer. 
Maybe you just started, you're just becoming a Christian and you wonder sometimes, what is prayer? How can I pray? Maybe you're a long-time Christian who have been praying for years and months and haven't seen any answer from God and you just stopped praying, gave up in your heart. Maybe you just pray but not really believe that God indeed answers and listens to you. I pray that as we go through the message today, God indeed will renew in the heart of each one of us the value of his discipline which he has given us, which is prayer. Indeed, prayer is so central in the life of all the children of God that we find that prayer is even in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Throughout his ministry, his life, we see that prayer is present. And as our, the title of our message says that um, the discipline of prayer, so you want to be like Christ, it is indeed fitted that we look to our Lord Jesus Christ and through his life find some encouragement as we deal with prayer. Let us pray together. Lord, once again we find ourselves before you this morning with empty-ended hands, open heart, soul and mind and we pray that Father indeed you will in this very moment teach us as we go through your words, as we listen to it, see it from ourselves together that you will open our heart and our eyes. Throughout scripture, you have shown yourself as a God who answers and listens to his people. I pray that this truth will be also the reality for all this morning. As I speak, I pray that, Father, you will just use my mouth you will help me to convey in a clear way the message that will be a blessing for your people. That Lord who will listen to you and hear. I ask you that in Jesus' name. And I thank you for the promise of your presence with us. I thank you for the promise that you have made that you will teach us. Here we are and we pray that you will teach us again. In Jesus' name, amen. Prayer was so central in the life of Jesus Christ that we see him teaching prayer. Throughout his ministry, Jesus will very often teach about prayer. Like, for example, in Luke, when he said to children, his disciples, how to pray, we are all familiar with the Lord's Prayer. He also teach, taught about the attitude that we needed to have in prayer, like in Mark 6. 5 and 8, or Mark 11, 25 and 6. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites for the love to stand and pray in the synagogues and the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in the secret. And your Father who sees in the secret will reward you. This is just one example of the things that Jesus was teaching about prayer. 
He also talked about the value of perseverance in prayer. Like, for example, in the parable of the widow who went to see the judge and pleading every day that he would attend to her needs. If we remember, the Lord says exactly this. Do you hear what this judge is saying? This unfaithful man and God who is faithful and good will not attend to his children who are crying to him day and night. But, te- but prayer was not only in his teaching. If we study the, the book of uh, the, the, the life of Christ, in, in fact, you take the time to read the simple of the gospel, the gospel of Mark, which only has 15 chapters, you will find that prayer was also in his living. Whether in short or spontaneous prayer, like for example, when he will teach, he will, he will give thanks to the bread and the food that he was about to, to, to give to people. Or even when he was shouting with joy before God for revealing the simple things to his disciples. He will take sometimes very long retreat moment in prayer. We see him waking up very early in the morning before a long day of ministry to spend time in prayer. But not only in the beginning of ministry, even at the end of a long day of ministry, he will withdraw on a mountain alone to pray. He pray even up to the morning. Whether in joy or in deep sorrow, trouble, the Lord Jesus Christ will pray. And I want us to read together in the book of Mark the passage that we want, I want us to look into today. And I hope that as we look to that example of prayer in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, we too will find clues and elements that can encourage us. There is many things that we can say about prayer. Today, I want, through this passage, to concentrate on some of the aspects of the prayer of prayer that we can take. And then, and they went to a place called Gethsemane. And he, sat, he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter, James, and John and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch. And going a little further, father, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And he came and found them sleeping, and he said to Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? Could you not watch an hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to answer him. And he came the third time and said to them, 
Are you still sleeping and, take, and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hand of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See my betrayer is at hand. So this morning, we're going to look to Jesus Christ for our example. Some find some principle for prayer for us. From that, we can take some what practical implication and encouragement that will mean for us. And then we'll enter a time of prayer together as a congregation. So as we look to the Lord Jesus Christ, we see that he learned or he knew how to bring his troubled heart to God. My soul is very sorrowful even to death. This is how he was feeling. He was worried. He was very preoccupied. He was looking ahead of what was going, and he was in a deep sorrow and trouble. We can say that he was anxious, but that anxiety did not cropple him. In fact, he took that, uh, that, that situation even to come to God and bring his anxious heart before the Lord. He expressed to God his deepest desire that the cup might be taken away from him if it was possible. Very often, we struggle to pray because we're too worried. Or the worry of the situation in which we are cripple us. We are so preoccupied by the circumstances that we fail to pray. He knew also who God was. Remember, he says, all things are possible to you. If you want, you can take this cup away from him. He didn't doubt of the power and the might of the Lord. He knew who God was. He knew that God loved him. And that he was able to deliver him from anything. He knew that God always answered him. That wasn't a doubt for him. We too need to grow in our knowledge of God. To learn through scriptures everything that God's reveal of him. Because what God tells us and shows us of himself in, prayer, in scripture, it is what can help us as we come to pray. Remember that he's a faithful God. Remember that in the past he has heard and listened to other people Remember that he's a holy God. Remember that he's the God who forgives sins. All these things are in the scriptures. And we can take from there our encouragement even as we come to pray. We are indeed even encouraged to come and know God. This is what Isaiah tells us. Let us know, let us press on to know the Lord. He's going to come is going out is sure as the dawn. He will come to us at the showers, at the spring rains, the that the rains the water, the earth. So will the Lord 
come to his people. It is interesting that as Hosea gives this word, he's speaking to Israel, calling the people to know the Lord. That's interesting because Israel has the word, has had the word, had the law all the time. But doesn't mean that they knew God experientially. We are in the process of knowing God. Whether I am a Christian today, whether I'm a Christian uh, 50 years later, I am still in the process of knowing God. And that knowledge of God will grow through my time and my hour and my life of prayer with God. It is there that God puts the, the heart and the faith in test. It is in the testing that the faith is refined and the heart learn to know God even more and to rely on him even more. Not my will, but yours be done. We see how willing, as he comes to pray, to be willing he is to obey whatever God's answer will be for him. Although he presents his desire and his heart to God, he's open to the possibility that God's plan might actually be quite different from what he desires, and he's ready to obey and to accept that. He shows a spirit of submission. Long ago, before he would even come, Isaiah would tell this of him. The Lord God has given me a tongue of those who are taught, that I may know how to sustain with a word him who is weary. Morning by morning, he awakens, he awakens my ear to hear are those who are taught. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious. I turned not backward. That's the words that Isaiah put in the mouth of the Messiah long before he would come. We take from that that we too are encouraged to bring our needs to the Lord. We need to pray to present the need to the Lord, but understand that the timing and the how God will answer the prayer is up to him. We are not to tell him how and when he is to answer our prayers. Remember, he is never too late. He is the God who brings back the dead to life. Your situation is not too late. The door can be closing and God will answer. The door may be, might be closed and God will answer. And the answer will always come in the fit moment to bring praise and worship from your heart. Is never too late. We see that the Lord Jesus Christ presents his need not only once, not only twice, three times. I believe that he will even pray five and, and, and six and seven times. He was persistent. He will pray 
as long as his heart was troubled, as long as he needed an answer from God. The reason why he stopped to pray three after the third time is because God answered him the first time. He knew exactly what God's will was. That's why he stopped to pray. We say exactly the same kind of attitude in Paul. He said, three times I pray the Lord that he will take that angel of Satan away from me. And then God's came, answer came. My grace is sufficient. Paul was able to now say, I rejoice in my weaknesses because he has received the answer. It wasn't, yes, I'm going to take off the, uh, the, the chart from you. But my grace is sufficient. That was the answer. That answer said, whoa, okay. I can find courage in my weakness. I can stay in my, I can, I can rejoice in my weakness because his grace is sufficient for me. What I'm, I want to say here is that we are too quick to abandon our prayers. We are too quick to desist. We pray once or maybe twice. We don't see the answer. We don't see God responding and we stop praying. It might be years that we've been praying and then we come to a point, oh, he doesn't answer. I stop praying. Deep in my heart, I desist. I stop believing and trusting. I've never received an answer. I never even taken the time to look to what exactly God is trying to tell me. Don't stop praying. Don't stop bringing your need to the Lord. Whether it be one time, two times, five times, a year, ten years, continue. Renew your prayer moment before him. Until he gives you an answer. Might be yes, might be no, might be I'm here with you. This is when you say, okay, I have received the word from him. And you are encouraged and able then to encourage other people that maybe go in the same way. Be perseverant in prayer. Some other thing and very important that we learn to that passage, he says that, he took with, me, with him Peter, James, and John. And he told them, watch with me. I don't think that when he's asking them to watch, he's simply saying, okay, stay awake like this, and I'm going there to pray. Actually, he's inviting them to pray with him. To pray with him and surely to pray for him. Why do you think that the Lord Jesus Christ won't ask his disciples to pray for him because he is the Lord. He took them because he needed them also to be praying for him and with him. By, by doing that, he's showing that he's part of a community. We are not alone. And Christ is modeling for us that really he is part of us. 
He has become one like us. He has become a man like us. Hebrews 5, 7 and 8 tells this. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. He was the son of God, yet through this he learned obedience from the suffering that he had to pass. Being the son of God didn't keep him from praying and for the need of him to spend time in prayer before the Lord, even bringing his supplication and needs. The life of praying and depending with God, which is I call faith, is not only a, a, a special gift that is given to some servant or children of God, who will have a great special degree of spiritual knowledge or spiritual realization. It is given to all the children of God. It is required for all the children of God. James tells us this about Elijah. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and the heaven gave them their rain, and the earth bore its fruits. In fact, interesting, Miller says the same thing too. He says that, let not Satan deceive you and making you think that you could not have the same faith or confidence in God, but that it's only for persons who are situated as I am. I beseech you, do not think me an extraordinary believer, having privileges above other of God's dear children that they cannot have. Nor look on, on me, on my way of acting or something that will not do for other believers. The point is that these examples are given to us to show us that we are part of this community. We too share the same reality and God therefore can answer and help us in the same way. What are the practical implications for us? As I was saying, we might all be in a different moment in our journey in prayer. And the desire to put our trust in God. Maybe you have just given, given up. Maybe you're just praying just because I'm a Christian and I need to pray. Maybe your prayer resolved to praying for your food in the morning, in the afternoon, or before you go to sleep at night. I want to encourage you today to renew before the Lord your disposition for prayer. If you have given up prayer, renew today in your heart the disposition for prayer. Resolve for yourself a time that you will take in which you will meet the Lord. Can be in the morning if you're a morning person. Can be if the, in the evening. Set a time 
for you the consistent time that you will take to pray for God. It might start with a five minutes, a 10 minutes, a 20 minutes. Let that be your time. We've withdraw from the world, from the, uh, the noises that are around you and pray. Be willing to obey the Lord when he comes and in what he demands. We cannot see God answering our prayers if we are not willing to set aside our own desire to embrace his desire. And as you do all these things, remember that you are in the process of learning who God is. You are in a journey to know God, know him deeply and better. Remember that he is the very one who bids you to come, who asks you to come, who invites you. In fact, we pray because, first of all, he has opened the door. We pray because he has made the call. And call on me on the day of your trouble, and I will deliver you, and you will honor me. This is from Psalm 50, verse, 4, verse 15. And for that, he has left us with the best promise. Like, for example, the one that we just looked in the beginning. When you pray, go to your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in the secret. And what is the promise? Your Father who sees in the secret would answer you. Personally, that verse has been an encouragement to me when I go to pray. When I take a time to pray and I find myself in that room where I'm alone and I'm filled with so many thoughts and wonder if even God is there, that word is an encouragement. He's there in the secret moment. And I thank him and I praise him for being in the secret moment. And I thank him for being there before I will even wake up and come to him. Strengthen yourself in his word as you wait for him and as you seek what he has to say. His word is the mean for which he, he, has, he has wanted to encourage us. Yesterday, I was very encouraged by the word of the Lord Jesus Christ about the branches and the vine. I am the branches and you are the vine. I am the vine and you are the branches, yes. This is what he was saying. Whoever remains in me will bear much fruit. I was so pleased to know that I am a branch. And say, Lord, I just want to stay here and be the branch because you are the vine. We need to remember, as I said, that we are in the process of knowing God through our prayer. But we also need to remember that as it is in generosity, he calls us to come and bring our needs to him. We are not meant to want to take his place. He is God. 
and we are to submit to his will. And finally, I want to finish with this word from George Miller. Be assured if you walk with God and look to him and expect help from him, he will never fail you. Expect great things from God and great things you will have. There is no limit for what he is able to do. Praises forever to his glorious name.